Hey, everybody, what's going on? It's Monday afternoon, and we're just getting on to the air. And uh, before we do, just give me a second here to uh, shout out and send love to a bunch of our sponsors that make this shit go down. I mean, honestly, these are the people that that support this show, and I always ask you guys to support our sponsors. Seven Mile Casino, you know their deal. I mean, they're over my shoulder here all the time um, because they've been great partners to us. So, look, if you're planning on playing blackjack, poker, table games, if you want a phenomenal, and I mean outstanding, restaurant, Sammy's Restaurant and Bar, which is Sammy's Woodfire Pizza, which also has these great brunches on the weekends, and I'm going to tell you more about it during the show today, um, this is the place to go. So support our sponsors, Seven Mile Casino being primary amongst them, and keep you at that date on your calendar for May 4th, because we're going to be doing a big dinner and show that night at Sammy's Restaurant and Bar inside Seven Mile Casino. You have any problems with gambling, you call 1-800-GAMBLER. But uh, I think you're going to really love your time at Seven Mile Casino. By the way, did it just get bright as shit in here or what? Holy crap, man. I just went for, I became like Casper the Friendly <laughs> Ghost like all powder. up in this bitch. I know. What the hell happened? Yeah. Uh, all right. Let me uh, let me keep rolling here. Um, our friends, and great friends, down at Tory Holistics and California Holistics. You got Tory Holistics in Sorrento Valley. You got California Holistics in Chula Vista. All of your favorite cannabis brands and products for a variety of different reasons. Could be sleep. Could be pain management. Could be you just like you know recreational cannabis, twenty percent savings when you use our promo code this month. Slam dank. So this is the big month of college basketball, and uh, the NBA is headed towards the postseason. Slam dank is our uh, promo code. Twenty percent savings when you use it at Tory Holistics and California Holistics. A uh, big shout out to our people at PenskeSanDiego.com. There are twelve dealerships. They represent nine brands. There are over a thousand cars on the lots around San Diego County. Make it easy. All you have to do is go to PenskeSanDiego.com. It's fast. It's easy. It's fun. PenskeSanDiego.com. Um, I thrive MD. Alex here has lost. I mean, it's ridiculous what's going on here. Like 40 pounds. Is, am I overestimating? Is it 40? Are we at 40 pounds? 42 as of this morning. Insane. 42 pounds lost. All you have to do is go to our website, KaplanandCrew.com. Click on the I thrive uh, logo. You'll learn all about I thrive lean FDA approved. Guaranteed to help you lose weight, and you're saving $200 a month the first two months. And I mean, have we picked a better guinea pig? I mean, right, this guy buys his house through our sponsors. This guy loses weight through our sponsors. This guy buys cars through our sponsors. I mean, we've just kind of put Alex in there and said, here, you use all this stuff and prove it to everybody. And it works like a charm. And then lastly, these guys right here, Athletic Greens. This morning, I was on a text message with a bunch of friends of mine. We're all trying to lose weight. We're all trying to get ourselves, you know, back into really, you know, world-class athlete kind of shape. And I said to everybody, I go, does anybody use AG1? And they said, what's AG1? And I sent them a link for athleticgreens.com slash Kaplan. And I was, and they said, well, what do you get from that? And I said, well, 75 vi vitamins, minerals, nutrients, probiotics, et cetera, et cetera. I said, yeah, but what's the effect? I said, clarity and energy. And my one buddy said to me, he goes, yeah, it's all a placebo effect. And I said, okay. He said, well, why don't you get it for me and let me try it myself. So I'm actually going to go deliver to this friend of mine like an entire bag of athletic greens and, and prove it to him that it's going to work. Once I've proven it to him, then he's going to go on to athleticgreens.com slash Kaplan and buy it for himself, which, by the way, thanks to everybody who sends me their uh, receipts when they buy athletic greens to us. I think that's so cool, and we really appreciate you supporting our sponsors. All right, look, it's Monday. Ton of shit to get to. Let's get to
Hey, great friends. What's happening today is Monday. It is March 6th. This is Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man coming to you from the Seven Mile Casino Studios, sevenmilecasino.com. By the way, just named best brunch in South County at Sammy's Restaurant and Bar. Um, so if you're ever in the South County area, seven minutes south of downtown San Diego on a Saturday or a Sunday morning, and you're looking for the best brunch, San Diego Magazine just names uh, Inside Seven Mile Casino, Sammy's Restaurant and Bar, best place to go in South County for a brunch on the weekends. So check them out for sure. Uh, we're just getting onto the radio airwaves of 1090. We're just getting onto the stream of YouTube. Tonight we'll be on TV, which again, always shocks me when people come up to me and they tell me that they see us on Channel 4 San Diego, which is really cool, and uh, all the different audio podcast platforms. So we're ready to go. A new week, a lot to get to. Um, Grande, Brown Man, I'll, I'll ask you guys just very simply. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I know I did, and I'll tell you why. Because my girlfriend went out of town this weekend on a girl's trip. I need to encourage her with love to do that more often. Because when your girlfriend or your wife goes out of town, all of a sudden, man, I got a lot of time and, and time to do the things that I really would like to do that I never do because I'm always with her. I mean, I visited this weekend with my one friend, Dr. Sonny. We went for a walk on Saturday morning. I visited with a buddy of mine uh, named Jim, who I had lunch with on Saturday afternoon. Me and my boy Blair worked out on Saturday after later Saturday afternoon. My son is home for spring break. We watched the Chris Rock special. We watched the UFC fights on Saturday night. Sunday, man, I went for a walk with my buddy, Dr. Z. I played pickleball Sunday night. I mean, I'm telling, I watched the Laker game yesterday afternoon. I watched the Clipper game last night. I'm telling you right now, uh, with love, I would like to send my girlfriend out on a few more girls trips. So had a great weekend. Took it all in. It's Monday. There's stuff we're going to get to. Fellas, how we living? What's good? We out here. What you mean? You said all that stuff, all of this stuff, all this great stuff you did. You had all this fun. You would have rather she'd been here so y'all could hang out. Facts. Yeah, but you know what, Brown? I'll tell you, man. Browner, Brown, I'll tell you right now. You ready for this? I'll tell me. I'm, I'm always you. ready. All right. I didn't have one drop of alcohol this weekend. That sounds like a you problem. That not a glass of wine, not a not a Tito soda, not a cold beer, nothing. I didn't go out to one fancy dinner all weekend. I mean, me and my son, we ordered in sushi for the fight because that's what he wanted. Because when you're in West Virginia, you don't get good sushi like you do here. Um, we uh, we bought the fight. So all told, between the fight and the sushi, maybe it cost me like, I don't know, $175 or whatever it was. But while I'm saying it, no fancy dinners. No drinking, no nightclubs. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love that Night stuff. Nightclubs? <laughs> yeah. Age yeah. yourself some more, my friend. Why, Boomer? What's up? Nightclubs? Just the word club works. Yeah, club, club. club works. Man. And then yeah. say it like club. Nightclub? Yeah. It's not, you know. Nightclub. You're, you're not going to a disco, you know what I mean? No, <laughs> but I mean. For me, day club. Yeah, for me, it's more of a music club. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, anyway, uh, how about you guys? Everybody good? Everybody ready to go this week? Hey, look, I want to encourage people, everybody, whatever you're doing, watch The Last of Us. That's all I'm going to say. Watch The Last, the last of, of Us. us. Okay. The Last of Us, I'm ready. I'm I, the, the last oh, episode boy. is this weekend. The Last of Us, 
is possibly for a single season the greatest show I've ever seen on television. I'm going to hype it. I'm hyping it. This show is going to win every award for acting, screenwriting, and and cinematography. Tell me uh, what platform is it on? HBO Max. Max. HBO Max. And how many seasons are there? One. Oh, this is it. This is the first one. And you say the last episode is coming out? Yes, this Friday. The last episode I'm sorry. The last episode is this Sunday. I'm sorry. Okay, so I can binge it and take it all down. Yes. That is my plan now. This is exactly this is the week I've been waiting for. Now that I know it's Sunday is the final one, mm-hmm. Grande's going in. We're going binging. It, right. it, it is an, um, it's an amazing show. It's give me, literally give me, amazing. Give me, and everybody who's watching and listening, give me the 30-second synopsis as to what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Because like, if you said to me, tell me about White Lotus, I would be able to give you 30 seconds on the two seasons and why you should go watch White Lotus. That's the last okay. series I watched. So... The Last of Us is basically the story of a young girl who gets infected and needs to be taken to a uh, a place where they can help her and also by helping her help everyone else because they believe her blood is the cure. Now, this mm-hmm. is post-apocalyptic, so the travel to get there is what the story is about. Uh, it's a journey between a man who has lost his daughter and a, and a daughter who's never had a father. And as they try to figure out the rough edges of each other, to get to mm-hmm. said point B, a lot of amazing things happen in between. There are stories told within that as well that are going to blow your mind. I'm, Scott, you I, know I'm, who plays the main character, the 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 girl? Is do you, I don't know if you're going to remember this, but Lady Mormont of Game of Thrones, the okay. small, young, like princess that backs yeah, yeah, up yeah. Jon Snow mm-hmm. and, and the Starks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she yeah. is the main character of this show. She's no a way. beast, bro. She's and a beast. I guess she's like way older than what she looks. I think she's like yeah. 20. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I remember her from Game of Thrones and I've heard nothing but rave reviews about this show every single week. All right. She a beast, dude. All right. I'll check it out. I will definitely check it out. Um, now that I can binge it, I can't be watching like every Sunday night. You know, I can't be like last night, just to give you an example. Like I got home last night and um and I was like, well, gosh, I don't have anything. Like, I don't have any series to watch. I don't have anything that I really want to watch. I, I turned on this Lakers game last night against Memphis. There's no John ja Morant. And Good. you're figuring that the Clippers should be able to win this game rather easily. Well, in the third quarter of the game, Memphis scores 51 points. And I'm like, okay, Memphis is going to blow these guys out. Well, in the fourth quarter, the Clippers went on like a 15 or a 17-0 run made this great comeback, and won the game. Now, I watched the game, and I'm, I'm a sports fan, but I don't have, I don't have a team. I'm just kind of watching, you know? Um, earlier in the day, I watched the Laker game and Anthony Davis, and what a great performance that was. And, you know, here, here comes Steph Curry back for Golden State, and you're like, oh, man, Steph's back. Warriors are going to explode, blah, blah, blah. And the LeBronless Lakers found a way to win that game. Which, by the way, one thing was really cool. I don't know if you guys saw either of these two games yesterday, but the Laker game was at twelve thirty. The Clipper game was at like I, I want to say like eight p.m. Obviously, they change out the floor at Crypto.com, but they kept the same announcers, which I thought was really cool. Like the, I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure that it was the same announcers, like Mike Breen, um, Jeff Van Gundy, and Mark, Mark Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, and I'm like. I was like, wow, did they just do a double header game? Hey, why send two announcing teams? 
Got one announcing team, got two games, same building. Give them a break, go get something to eat in between, and then come back and call the next game. How hard is it? And I thought that was pretty cool yesterday. So I, Browner, wound up watching a basketball game that I really didn't have that much interest in, um, rather than watching a good series. I need a good series. The, no. the, the best of us, the rest of us. What's it called? The last of us. Oh, not the best, not the rest, almost, the last. Almost. You were almost yeah, there, close. man. Almost I was close. There. All right. So, look, it's Monday afternoon. We're just getting going here. Wait, what this uh, guy do? He didn't say what he did. What did he do? Oh, no. Oh, we, we yeah. You know what? I'm trying to decide. Should we? Because if we go into what he did, mm-hmm. it's going to take us away from oh, the okay. news of the day. Okay. But I'm, I'm fine with that for the opening segment, you know, because I think news of the day that's coming is Derek Carr signs with the New Orleans Saints. We'll get to that mm-hmm. story coming up. Um, Juan Soto not leaving to go to the World Baseball Classic just yet because of his calf and some tightness and the Padres wanting to make sure that they know what's going on there. I definitely want to talk about how Chris Rock annihilated Will Smith in Mm. his Netflix special. Did you guys see that? Brilliant. Loved it. Loved Loved it. it. Loved it. it. This is why I love Chris Rock. Not everybody loved it, though, by the way. yeah, Dave Chappelle's good, but I think Chris Rock, Chris Rock's my guy. Um, Chris Rock was amazing. Alex, I don't know about you, but I I watched all the fights on Saturday night, Mm -hmm. um, including the John Jones fight, which to me was a big letdown. I know a lot of people are like, no, give him his flowers. He showed up as a heavyweight and in the first round choked out this guy. Yeah, but I I paid for excitement. And what I got was 30 seconds of a choke. Now, the preliminary fights were good. I know. And I and I always hated that when I was when I was a Mike Tyson fan, when Mike Tyson would walk into the ring and throw one punch and knock a guy out. In 30 seconds, I hated that. That's what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Well, I paid for the undercard, thankfully, because the undercard was really good. Yeah, that so, Mexican lady was that Mexican, she was tough. Oh man, yeah, that was, she was uh, tough. Saturday night UFC was was the problem and the brilliance of the UFC. Hmm. Like I'll I'll explain when we get into it. Like I I the UFC is phenomenal, but mm-hmm. it's also it, it's got a lot of issues as an organization. Okay, I, oh, I, like I'm the, just I'm just sitting like, on my couch watching. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know any of these these issues. Well, like that the, the the point being that they're promoting their March events, and they got one every single weekend. They even threw some in the middle of the week, and you watch <laughs> you tune into a pay per view, right? You're you're watching mm-hmm. a pay per view. You're dropping mm-hmm. eighty bones on this thing to watch John Jones, but mm-hmm. it's you the the brilliance of UFC is that their pay per views were stacked. First fight to last fight, you knew everybody that was fighting because everybody was a name. But now mm-hmm. they have so many events, so many freaking events. The first three fights, I didn't know a single one of those fighters. And I'm not how a casual. Guy, and I'm not a casual. How about, the, how about the guy who's the white guy who's a wrestler from Penn State? Yeah. Who this guy comes into the ring. Mm-hmm. He's like 3-0 and in his career. Mm-hmm. There's no punches being thrown. That guy, there's that is exactly where I was going with it. That guy is so much is so hyped up, right? Yeah, he was three and zero. He had yeah. no business being on a pay per view. <laughs> Don't come at me with a three and zero fighter on a pay per view. Yeah, see, I felt the opposite. I felt. I no, I see. I felt the opposite. I was like, okay, this is interesting. I'm getting to see this guy early. Yeah, in his up and comer. And sure. I'm also seeing a That's guy that was like a top Wednesday college wrestler. Spike was for. Not okay. a pay-per-view. Right. Browner, people who love UFC 
get really fired up about this stuff. I put out a tweet this weekend about how I just felt like the, the John Jones fight was a little bit disappointing. Like I wanted to see a fight. I didn't see a fight. I saw 30 seconds of a guy getting choked out and people are like, you don't get it. You don't understand it. I'm like, can't, can't you just be a fan, pay for something, have an opinion about it? Like if it was a five round war and I was like, wow, that was the greatest fight I'd ever seen. You know, there's always somebody out there going, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. it was a 30 second chokeout. And it just wasn't that entertaining, in my opinion. I paid for it. I'm not an expert in UFC or mixed martial arts. Alex says he's not a casual. I'm a casual. I'm I'm less than I'm less than casual. I was at True North here in North Park, mm-hmm. and when the Mexican lady won, this place exploded. And I mean, like end to end, wall to wall, exploded. And so that energy carried into the John Jones fight. So I think I was watching it in a different atmosphere. So yeah. the chokeout, people started mm-hmm. like screaming when the chokeout started happening. So it was more energy where I was watching it. So that kind of made it easier for me. Because if I would have watched it in my house, I think the John Jones fight probably would have been a little boring. Yeah. All right. Well, we obviously, we got a ton of stuff to get to. Now, Alex, yeah. um, you told us on Friday. This is opening segment, so I'm just going to get this in right now. Because I'm going to get to the Derek Carr stuff. I'm going to get to the Juan Soto stuff. And we got a lot of other things we want to get to. Maybe dive deeper into this UFC. I want to talk about Chris Rock. A lot to get to. You told us on Friday. You were getting up super early Sunday morning to drive to L.A. to go to some Manchester United like viewing party or something. And I haven't really talked to you about it other than a text where you said this thing was a disaster. What 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 did you do this weekend and what happened? Yeah, uh, yesterday, I'll just go timeline it for you. That's the easiest way to do it. Well, start Saturday night. I go to my mm-hmm. buddy's house. He, like I told you guys, he just moved up to Escondido. And I figure I'll go up there. He's got a guest room. I'll crash there. So I, I save, you know, 35 minutes of a drive Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're watching the fights and we kind of look up the tickets, trying to find like any sort of detail. The only details that I had was they did this event in Miami. They did another one of these events in India. And in India, they had like 7,000 people show up. In Miami, they had a, a couple thousand people show up. And so, we start looking up to see any sort of detail. Like, will there be merch? Will there be food? Do we have to get breakfast? Will there be beer? Blah, blah, blah. Couldn't find anything, but we did kind of read the fine print of the ticket and it perked mm-hmm. me up and I should have really paid attention to my, my instinct, but the ticket said, this ticket does not guarantee admit, admit admission into the event. And we were like, ah, you did know, you pay for the ticket. No, it's free, which oh. like, which was, I was like, oh, cool. You know, it's just going to be like a big open lot and all these people are going to show up. We're going to watch the game and be United fans together. Anyway, so we leave San Diego. Um, we leave San Diego about like 4 or Escondido, excuse me, like 445. And we get up to L.A. at about 610, 615-ish. Go pick up a Here's friend. Lou. Picked up a friend of mine. There's literally zero traffic. It was, it was awesome. Picked up a friend of mine who mm-hmm. lives in Koreatown. And we Ubered from his pad. The doors opened at 6.30, which is like, all right. So we ended up getting there at 6.30. When we got there, there was, it's this place called Row Downtown LA, DTLA. Mm-hmm. It just looks like a massive warehouse and a giant parking structure and a huge, and I mean telling you, a huge parking lot. And mm-hmm. that is where people were lined up. We were all lined up in a parking lot. 
And I went in as mm-hmm. a fan. I didn't try and get no credential. I didn't try and do anything special. I was going with two friends. We we're just going to go watch a game. Manchester United versus Liverpool. We get there. This line is <laughs> zigzagging. <laughs> zigzagging throughout the parking lot. And I was like, holy crap. How you mean like a Disneyland ride kind of thing? I don't think I, I have not waited in a line that long since I've been to, since, since I've been to Disneyland. It was huge. Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. There was nobody there telling people where to line up. This is just a natural human oh, instinct no. of how to line up. Very organized mm-hmm. by people there. Very surprised. And then some parking attendants start showing up and he starts telling us to like kind of get closer together because there's going to be more people. They're expecting 15,000 people. That's what Jeez. this security guard told us. So I get mm-hmm. there. And here's your line. This is my video. And I got there at 6.30. These are all these people before Wait, me. There's more people on the other side. Of, oh, my. No. Yeah. Nope. Nope. So what you can't see is they bunched us Hell all nah, together. Hell no, fam. That thing, nope. that thing zigzagged three or four times over there. But oh look at how God. huge this parking lot is, right? And you're like, oh. all right, listen. It's going to take a long time to get in there. But we're all going to get in there. And if mm-hmm. it said, like, admission not guaranteed, there was so many people behind me. That I was like, mm-hmm. I, f- I felt safe. You know, like, I'm not going to be one, <laughs> one of the of people not getting in here. Yeah. Because it is, there is a, there's thousands of people behind me. Little did we know, A, that it was going to rain. There was zero forecasted <laughs> rain. So it starts raining on us. And I'm already oh, like, man. okay, you know me. First class. Doesn't bougie, take much. Doesn't take and I'm much. already thinking. Like, I'm already thinking. There's got to be an Irish pub around here we can go to. I'm already thinking. If, it, this, if this thing's outdoors. We're going to be getting rained on. That, that doesn't sound fun to me. And mm-hmm. so anyways, we start, we get so close, dude. We get so close to the entrance. There's probably a hundred people in front of us and like five event coordinators come up and say, we've reached capacity. No. And when I tell you that there are thousands of people behind me, I'm not exaggerating. There are thousands of people behind me. We actually make the cut. The security guard is like 10 people behind us and he's like this is mm-hmm. where it stops mm-hmm. but so many people have been going in and like kind of like walking back and forth to see what is mm-hmm. actually where are we going nobody knew where the hell we were going they made this event in this tiny ass narrow corridor between no. two buildings come on and they just stuffed everybody in there so when my buddy went over there and saw how tight it was Mm-hmm. Like, this is how tight it was. And we had a massive parking lot. And that screen is tiny as hell. So my buddy takes his video. And I'm like, dude, let's get the hell out of here. What are we going <laughs> to be standing there for? Like, we could go. I tried to-, to tell you this on Friday how yeah. stupid this was to go to this. Yep. Dude. Not So, first of all, we bounce. We go to McDonald's. We get a McMuffin. And we thank <laughs> God that we have a buddy that lives very close to where uh, we were. Because mm-hmm. if I drove all the way down there didn't get in and now i was like stranded like where the hell am i gonna go watch this game the only bar mm-hmm. i found open was like in santa monica the other one was in studio city i was like mm-hmm. if i'm stuck here having to drive to santa monica to go watch a freaking game we go back to my buddy's house magic united gets their ass kicked seven Dude. nothing god seven nothing my nightmare came true i was like what if we don't get in that's what, what you Metro, said what if magic united gets their ass kicked this is like the worst case scenario all that happened do you know what the capacity was for this thing 2000 dude i was gonna say 700 no 500 people oh, oh my god and they had no joke thousands of people there this is the worst event ever put on by a team this, sh- this team is like the biggest soccer team in the world dude, look dude, at the parking lot we be, lined up 
<laughs> dude, this should be this should be a lesson to you going forward in your life. Ooh, Don't right. ever get up on a Sunday morning at four o'clock in the morning and drive to LA to watch a soccer game outside with a bunch of other people. Stay at home and enjoy your soccer game in your in your own home. It's ended up a having, bad idea. Actually, ended up having a great time in LA though, dude. Not gonna lie, watch the game at my buddy's house. When it was three nothing, we got the hell out of there. We had some nice brunch over on Sunset. Went over mm. to downtown. Hit up a couple breweries. My buddy wasn't, I wasn't driving. So my buddy drove and we drove back home. I was home by four o'clock. All right. Listen, hey, um, we could keep going on this, but hold on. Let's jump right Shame in. Shame on you, we're man. The, you. We're, Shame we're, on in the, you. We're, in the, we're in the seven mile casino studios. We got a lot to get to. We're going to jump into Padre spring training. We're going to get to the San Diego State Aztec basketball team, which is the Mountain West Conference champions. We're going to get to the story of Derek Carr signing with the New Orleans Saints. I want to talk about Chris Rock. So much to get to on a Monday. Stay with us, everybody. This is Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man from the Seven Mile Casino Studios. Hey, great friends. What's going on? Today is Monday. It is March 6th. This is Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios, sevenmilecasino.com. Hey, quick note on Seven Mile Casino. Um, San Diego Magazine, and I, by the way, I haven't seen San Diego Magazine in a really long time, but it, it, it was certainly at one time the magazine of San Diego. I remember like working hard as my own publicist to get them to do a big piece on me and Billy Ray, which they did many years ago. I wonder if I could Google that and find it. Um, they had a um, they had something recently in their magazine, Where to Get Brunch in South County, their annual guide to morning food featuring the best places to brunch in each part of the county. And not surprisingly, Sammy's Restaurant and Bar inside Seven Mile Casino was considered the best brunch in South County. So if on the weekends, even if you're not playing blackjack, poker, table games, you're just saying, where's the best brunch here in South County? Check us out. Sammy's Restaurant and Bar inside Seven Mile Casino. I'd like to see that menu. Why don't you take a look at it? Yeah. Take a look. See what you like. Because you were telling us in the previous segment, first you went and got an Egg McMuffin early in the morning, but then you went and did a whole bunch of brunching at breweries in L.A. this past weekend. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you live in North Park, which is very close to Seven Mile Casino. You should take Mar for a, a Saturday or Sunday morning brunch. Yeah, for real. I'd love to see that. Love to see this menu. All right, like let me breakfast pizza. They cracking yeah. eggs on my pizza. Is that what they have? I don't know. I'm looking for it. I'll let you know. All right, let me know. Let me know. Um, and by the way, keep in mind, everybody, mark your calendars now. May 4th is our first dinner show of 2023. Now, when when I say dinner and show, you're probably like, what do you mean? I haven't released the details yet all i'm telling you is may 4th is a thursday the next day the padres host the dodgers for a three-game weekend series at petco and the next day is may 5th which is cinco de mayo there's no padre game on that thursday may 4th so i think we've picked the absolute perfect date we're working on the menu now and we're working on the hem lineup for the night i'll leave it there I'll leave it right there. Seven mile. What are you giving me a look for, Browner? What is the look? I didn't. I didn't, I didn't look. I didn't say anything. I just no. But the, but as we always say, you got no poker face. You're just mm -hmm. sitting there shaking your head. 
Like, as if I'm saying something I shouldn't tell everybody. Is, is that nah, fair? No, no, no. When I just hear you say you working on a lineup, that's news to me. Oh, really? Is there, is there additions think, made? You think the lineup's <laughs> already set? like, you son of a... There, there better additions? not be... Are there additions made to this lineup that uh, I'm unaware of? Because I was I was pretty sure that there were only two. Uh, well, to what? Don't to. I mean, I'm trying not to say anything. I'm trying not to say much. Two and now chefs. You're saying, two two chefs. Yeah, there was only two chefs in the kitchen, dog. Now, unless you're telling me the menu changing, <laughs> I need All to right. see the menu. All I'll say to everybody is this: mark your calendar for May fourth. Details we coming. Cooking on how to buy your tickets and why you're going to want to be there on May 4th at Seven Mile Casino. Alex, have you looked up the menu? Avocado toast, veggie hash, smoked brisket hash, mm. Denver-ish scramble, steak and eggs, the breakfast Sammy. I see what you did there. Kanafi, don't know what that is. French toast, chocolate chip pancakes, pancakes combo, breakfast burritos, chilaquiles, shout out, breakfast quesadilla, BLT, they have breakfast cocktails. They got a mm. large, large beer menu. Sparkling wine, red wine, white wine, signature cocktails. Good looking list. All right. Seven Mile Casino and Sammy's Restaurant and Bar. Top place for brunch in South County. Speaking of breakfast, I don't really eat breakfast, but my daughter, who's 16 years old, we spend a lot of time together in the morning from about 7.15 till she leaves for school, which is about 7.50 every morning. This child eats the biggest breakfast you've ever seen every single day. Today, she made chicken and waffles. She made chicken and waffle sandwiches, but she's a vegetarian. On a Monday? Yeah, but she's a vegetarian, my, my kid. She's a she's her own uh, vegan-ish person, right? So I'm like, what are you making? She bought at Trader Joe's this uh, like chickenless chicken. <laughs> she put it in the oven this morning. She baked it. She took these um, these vegan-y uh, like, um, waffles. She made those. And the next thing I know, she's got syrup and she's got waffles with some kind of fake chicken in between, and she's dipping it in the syrup. She's like, this is the greatest thing I've ever made. <laughs> like this child, she eats in the morning, and she cooks in the morning for reals. It looks so good that I was even willing to try it, but I didn't, but I, I was willing to. But none was left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, let's jump in. Guys, you tell me, it's Monday afternoon. There were a lot of really big stories that happened over the weekend, and even some big news happening earlier today. Should we start with the Padres and what's going on with the latest is it spring training? Should we start with San Diego State basketball, which on Saturday night won the conference championship and great celebrations and so awesome to see the uh, the excitement around the program because I've lived that already, you know, through different iterations and haven't been around it as much this year. Should we get to Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints? Should we get to the Rams and all the big roster moves that they're making? Um, there, there's just so much news to get to the UFC fight. We started talking about in the opening segment. I'll, I'll leave it to you. Padres, Aztecs, NFL, UFC. What do you guys say? Aztecs. Aztecs. Okay. <laughs> Brother. Sorry. Brother. Why? Okay. Well, cause, sure. cause you're a San Diego state alum and he's a fringe San Diego state basketball observer fringe right. at best. It's March. Polite way to put it, yes. It's yeah. March, right? Mm -hmm. March Madness. You got it. Ain't, it ain't started yet. You got the 20th well, ranked it, team in the country. You got the 20th ranked weekend. team in the country in San Diego. I thought they were 18. Well, they lost last week, so they dropped two spots. But okay. you got the 20th ranked team in the country, a sole Mountain West championship. 
a student section that rushed the court for a reason. Uh, cutting wow. down nets. Cutting wow. down nets. Don't know if that happened in Boise when they rushed wow. the court last week. Bye. But here, we cut down nets while y'all be sprinting down to celebrate nothing. Um, and now, you're looking at a team that is poised to win a couple games in March. So, um, so, listen, so, so all I'm, saying, all, I'm looking around. Right, yeah. The major, the major sports in the world, in the world right now, mm-hmm. you got the NBA heading towards the postseason. I don't see no mm-hmm. NBA team in San Diego. Mm-hmm. You got the Padres with the excitement of them, but all their players are now in the World Baseball Classic, so that's kind of cooled off, except one of them. And that's really it. You're looking at the what everybody pays attention to in March. You got one of the best teams in the country right here in your backyard. Time to respect that. Let's let me, talk let about me, it first. Let me address something real quick. Are you going to knock San Diego State basketball right now? Let me let me address something. I just I just want to address them to this young man about. I'm going to save all this when he starts his, saying "we" in a year. His I'm statement. Save earlier, all this. His statement earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. I I have been on board with saying that the San Diego State men's basketball team mm-hmm. has been the best basketball team in California for almost a decade. Two decades now. Okay. Um, that's that's a pretty strong statement considering look, UCLA has had their ups and downs, but right now UCLA is far and away the team. If you're gonna say in the state of California, I mean UCLA who's, who's been the most consistent I'd say throughout the most this consistent entire program San Diego going, State. Yeah, I agree with that. So I that's agree. what I'm saying. They've been mm-hmm. the most consistent pro they've been so the best part of the best is consistency. They've been consistency consistently at the top. For almost 20 years. Consistently, yes. Yes, for almost 20 years, mm-hmm. okay? So that would mean you've won plenty of Mountain West Conference tournaments, right? You've been the outright champion plenty of times. I don't okay? know. Um, I, I, don't I, very often. I mean, I can remember this. I'll, I'll, the first one I, I think I remember was at, probably... How hard, them, how windy? Because them goalposts are moving. Well, no, I'm just saying like the first one that I can remember, um, which was like outright regular season... I want to say we got to go back to like 2000. Alex, you would probably be able to tell me this better than me, but 2005 ish, 2006 ish. I'm just trying to remember the they they beat Wyoming at home, and the only reason I ever remember it is because my son, who's now 22, was probably about five or six years old and was standing there dancing on the table with the players at the time. You know, had those nice front row seats, but that but it was it was so early in the uh, program's development under Coach Fisher that I'm telling you it was definitely their first their first Mountain West Conference championship. The first Mountain West tournament or conference? Conference. conference. Regular okay, season. Yeah. Probably five, oh five, oh six, somewhere in that neighborhood. They won the tournament in 05. So okay. I'm looking to see if they won. That. Yeah, it might have been a regular season title in 05 also. Might have been. But so, Browner, what's your point? What are you about to say here? Because Alex said, my, let's start with San Diego State basketball. What's your yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My point is, if you're going to bomb on kids at Boise State for rushing the court, because they, you know, yeah, what did you do? Okay, you beat a team. If you win all the time, you should expect to cut that net down. You should, right, ex- the show should expect a I net do. cutting at the end of the season. So there's no reason for you to run onto the court because you've got bigger missions. You've yeah, got but isn't higher tradition? aspirations. But, but that's tradition. tradition. Yeah. It's tradition in college basketball. Hey, we won our conference. We're going to cut down the nets. Now. The I students are going to rush the floor. That's tradition. That's not – listen, the Boise State – Brian Dutcher guys, doing a trust fall off the ladder after cutting that net down. That was cool. 
That was really cool. That was cool. Brown, have you ever seen the picture in Sports Illustrated where Coach Fisher is standing on the ladder and he's cutting down the nets? And who is standing literally right by Coach Fisher? Have you ever seen this picture? Yes, I've seen this picture before. Grande Alejandro, right there, right by Coach Fish, cutting down those nets. At that point in time, they were not winners. So What are you talking about? Of course they were winners. That would have been expected at that point. Not like they are now. Yeah, but that's probably Alex. What do you think that picture so was like, ten years so, ago? No, I just want to ask. So when the Dodgers win the regular season, the, the NL West every single year, they got to stop celebrating. They listen, can't pop going, champagne every single year. Bro, listen, I'm going by your standard, bro. I'm going by your standard. That's all. I'm just Wait, trying right. to make sure you. I think there's real confusion here. I think there's real confusion. I'm confused. Boise State beat San Diego State, mm-hmm. and their students rushed the floor. And my daughter, who's a student at Boise State, sent all these videos. And Alex, and Alex here, trashed her. Well, he made fun of, of Boise State because he's like, well, what did you guys really accomplish? You didn't win the conference. At the and time, you, I didn't know it was their first win against a ranked team in like eight years. Nine I didn't years. know that. I didn't mm. know that. Mm. So, so, so they had a reason. Well, I mean, I guess the way we yes. all look at it is, I guess the way we look at it is San Diego State's a really good program. It ain't yes. Duke. In North Carolina, it's not Kansas, it's not UCLA. And, yeah, they've been the best program in a really mid-major, mediocre kind of conference. And I say that, and I, I know people are going to kill me on, on social media for saying that about the Mountain West because you're going to tell me about all the things that I don't know right now about how many teams are going to make it and blah, 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 where the Mountain West ranks against these other conferences. Guys, I'm admitting it to you. I'm not paying that close of attention. Now we get to March. Now we get to the Mountain West Conference Tournament, the Pac-12 Tournament, et cetera. Yeah, now I'm perked up, yeah, like most people in America. Like, you know? literally the majority of America. Now we're paying attention to Coach Russell. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So All I'm saying so, is this. Without trying to, to poop on Boise anymore and, and have mm-hmm. fun at their expense, yes, Brown, you do expect to cut nets. And guess what? I expect to cut nets again on Saturday in Las Vegas. And that's been their Achilles heel is they don't do that often they don't win the tournament often they win the regular season often and they won it last year and the year before but they don't but there was a a big chunk of years there in the middle where they hadn't won the mountain west tournament but yeah let's go for a three-peat let's go cut these nets down let's enter the tournament as a top 20 team in the country and let's go make some noise and dude you're going up to vegas um this week for the mountain west conference tournament right yes Uh uh-oh something doesn't seem right here no it doesn't seem right because i Okay, I never. Oh, okay. uh, here we go. Here, yeah, I, there's a story. I got. Go. I have got to trash the Mountain West right now more. All right. How is the one seed of the Mountain West tournament the one oh, seed God. playing at noon on a Thursday? How is the one seed? Can you imagine the Pac-12 putting UCLA at noon? Show me the brackets. The Show me the brackets. Let's see what's going on. Show them to us. So we can, so we can all see it together. They, will take a, they don't play Wednesday. Wednesday, you got to be in the bottom eight to play. Excuse me, the bottom six to play mm-hmm. in on Wednesday. Top six, excuse me, top five, whatever, get in. They don't play on Wednesday. Okay. San Diego State will play the winner of Colorado State versus Fresno State. They will play on Wednesday. San Diego State plays at noon on Thursday against the winner of Colorado State or Fresno State. Okay. Can I can I just throw you a, a, a something that maybe you hadn't considered? Maybe 
playing at noon on Thursday is a good thing. Maybe the conference is saying, who's our best team? San Diego State. Who's the yeah. highest ranked team? San Diego State. If we play them early on Thursday, what time, If and let's presume for a moment that they win on Thursday, what time would they yeah. play on Friday? It's a great question. And the yeah, reason I'm asking it yeah. is because here's what I think is happening. Give the best team that has the best opportunity to represent your conference and make noise, to your point in the NCAA tournament, give them as much recovery time as possible. So if they play at noon on Thursday, I don't know what time they're already they that game the next game would be they on play, they will play at 5:30 on Friday. Okay, so now they've got 24 plus hours in between games. And mm -hmm. then what time would the championship game be on Sunday on three, Saturday? Three o'clock. Okay. So listen, I know that what you're saying, you I'm, I guess what you're saying is why put them on noon when are you saying that no one's watching? Uh yeah, pretty much. <laughs> who is this? Who are they doing this for? Wait a minute. Hold on. So you got your number one team playing at noon. And let's yeah. say the number one team goes all the way through to the championship. There's no seven o'clock starts. Oh, yeah. Who's on, who's on oh, TV yeah. for? Dude, they got a game at noon, a game at 2.30, a game at 6, and a game at 8.30. All on Thursday. You yeah. the 8.30 game if you're the number one seed. However, but. Or the 6. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. But if you play at 6 p.m., and then the next day, what times? What time would their game be? Three something. Five thirty. Five thirty. So okay, that, so you're, that game's at six o'clock. Yeah. You're giving them. A, you're giving them a lot of recovery time. I, I, are you? Is Listen, your complaint uh, that they're not going to be on primetime television? My complaint is that yes. I'm driving. My complaint is that I'm driving to Vegas Thursday oh, morning, and I'm not going to uh, be there in time by twelve. I got. You. <laughs> so now, now I'm like drive you know, faster. I'm, I'm calling a freaking. Dude. I'm calling an audible right now. I think I'm literally driving Wednesday night now to get Dude. there. Why can't you leave at 4.30 in the morning like you did to go to this stupid soccer thing that you went to yesterday? <laughs> I can, but now, because see, now the wife is coming. So now it's not oh. just me. So now uh -huh. I got to get the wife. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. now, all I'm yes, take me out of it. I still think it's stupid to have your once you play at noon. Yeah, I, I can't say I, I disagree. I mean, look, you would think you'd want to put on your best product in prime time to show it off to the country. But the fact of the matter is, it's a Thursday game. And not a lot of people are going to be watching Mountain West basketball on Thursday night. Now, we all will. Um, but I think that I think what they're trying to do, this is just a guess, is trying to give them the best chance as the one seed to make it all the way through by playing them early so they have the most recovery time. It's just yeah. a guess. I just find it very fascinating, too, because you're looking at your two seed, right? They don't play yeah. at 230. So it's not about what rest. What's Boise State play? plays at six. Oh, Utah State plays at 830. So mm -hmm. it just makes the Mountain West is the dumbest conference. It's a terrible conference. And I think this just goes another example of putting the one seed, the yeah. one seed at noon. I, and I, look, I could be wrong. Maybe Pac-12 is doing it too. Yeah, they're doing it too. So I'm an idiot. UCLA plays right. at noon on Thursday. Do, do us <laughs> this favor though. Do us this favor because we'll, we'll end this segment with, we'll just stay here on San Diego State. We'll get into the Padres and we'll get into the NFL news coming up in a second. Um, take us through some of the videos and some of the post game from from this past Saturday night when San Diego State won this whole thing. Let us let everybody who's watching on YouTube, everybody who's watching on television, let, let everybody see what what happened. Take us. Brian, that's your post game talking about winning the championship. Nothing gets old about Gatorade bass. So I got two over the last ten days. One at New Mexico when we got a share of the title, and tonight when we took it outright by ourselves. And it's an incredible accomplishment for this team. All right, a little post game celebration here. Check okay. it out. Always right. funny Coach, to see coaches do this stuff, isn't it? Coach walks into the locker room. He's already taken <laughs> off his – he's wearing like an undershirt. He's got mm -hmm. the net in his hands. He's uh, getting Gatorade showered. The kids are on the court celebrating. Coach has the trophy. 
And uh, I'll tell you what, 12,414 San Diego State basketball is still a uh, really, really well attended and big deal here. I mean, listen, me and my friends who who are all, you know, really early in and they've got those front row seats. We've kind of gone a little bit away from San Diego State basketball for no reason other than other interests. Um, I see David Ew. Velasquez, their uh, their assistant Spitting coach. Well, he spit. He didn't mean Dave's to. Dave's intense. Know. Yeah. And then Coach Dusher takes takes the rest of the net. So that's good video. It's good stuff yeah. to see. This is a this is the dopest shot though. This is wow, yeah. what a shot! Right behind yeah. the oh man, right behind the backboard in the glass. Coach Dutcher up there and the team behind him, and he he trusts and loves his team. Falls backward, yeah, right into the Jordan team. Jordan ones though, yeah. One more. That, Look at him, Jordan ones. He Dude, wearing. did you see I that? See, I didn't notice. Did you see that zip up hoodie he was wearing? The Jordan. Nice. I mean, they're at Jordan school, but yeah. Uh, one more dig at your daughter's current university. Oh yeah. boy, shout out to them. Because we didn't even have to win on Saturday because they couldn't pull through and beat Utah State on Saturday. So at halftime, we already knew we were solo champs. Thank you. Wow. How about that, Boise State? Take that. They're my new Are BYU. <laughs> I, I don't be, like, <laughs> Boise State has been a thorn on the side of the football program. They've been a thorn on the side of the basketball team because they always beat them now. Boise State has quickly become my rival. I don't know if gotcha. Aztec fans feel the same way, but I do. I think they do. All right. Hey, stick around. Before we uh, hit this break, I want to just remind everybody that our man Grande here has lost over 40 pounds with iThrive and the iThrive Lean program. You can learn all about it by going to our website, kaplanandcrew.com. Click on iThrive. You'll save $200 in the first two months. Okay. So it's $299, then $299, then it jumps up to $499. But if you're trying to lose weight and nothing's worked and you can't change, you know, you don't have the discipline to exercise, or you don't have a gym membership, or you don't know much about exercise, or you're not a dietitian. You don't have to change a lot of stuff. It all kind of happens for you. I thrive MD 858-240-1497, 858-240-1497. Alex has lost now 42 pounds with iThrive. All you have to do is go to our website, kaplanandcrew.com. You can learn all about it by clicking on the iThrive logo and learning about iThrive Lean. All right, coming up. Let's do some Padre spring training. And we haven't even gotten to the news of today, which is Derek Carr is signed, sealed, and delivered in New Orleans. We'll get to all the new white queso. Yes, we'll get to that coming right up. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios here on Kaplan and Crew. Yo, great friends. What's happening? Today is Monday. It is March 6th. This is Kaplan and Crew with Grande and the Brown Man from the Seven Mile Casino Studios, sevenmilecasino.com. So um, we haven't really talked yet about Padre Spring Training, and it's something we're going to obviously update every single day. I have seen recently a ton of, I, I wouldn't call them reports. I would just call them like rumors and maybe expectations all this talk that we had last week about Juan Soto and when do you sign him, when's the right time, et cetera, there seems to be so much conversation out there about Juan Soto getting signed in some sort of monster historic deal before the season even really starts. And um, there's a lot of like baseball insiders that think this could actually go down before the start of the season. So I want to get to Juan Soto. Alex, you said right before the break, there's a new white queso. There's a new Will Myers. Yeah. Best Mexican food is in Charlotte, North Carolina. We'll get to that story coming up also. 
Um, speaking of Soto injury, small injury, World Baseball Classic, there's kind of storylines there. So should we just jump in? What do you guys say? All right, Let's do it. Where should we start, Alex? You've got all the video. You've got all the sound bites. Where would you like to begin? Uh, just an update. Uh, Juan Soto did not depart with the rest of the Dominican Padre players to the World Baseball mm -hmm. Classic. He has been dealing with a left calf strain, but his teammate slash general manager, Nelson Cruz, who is the general manager of the Dominican Republic team, said he should be with the team by Friday. So how funny not, is that, that Nelson Cruz so much. of the Dominican Republic team. So he's yeah. the boss of the DR team, but he's a teammate of the Padres mm -hmm. and he's a employee slash player with the Padres. That's kind of hard, I think. I'm Pretty boss, wild. Boss yeah. of one team and player on the I other. Think he's a I, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's like a player slash GM yeah. for the Dominican. Yeah. I think he can play mm -hmm. if he needs, if they need him to. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that's got to be interesting, right? So Juan Soto. You call him boss now? Yeah, right. So so Juan Soto did not fly with who? With Manny Machado, with Nelson Cruz. Who else? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Tatis isn't playing. Um, right. I think that's it. Yeah. So Soto did not fly to Florida with these other guys because of a tight calf. And the Padres medical team is continuing to work on him here. Yeah. Oh, here's your boy, Kevin AC. Here's a, a tweet from AC. Go ahead. Soto did not catch flight with Florida with the other Padres on the Dominican Republic's World Baseball Classic team. He's sticking around camp for at least a couple of days for treatment on left calf. Expectation remains that he will still play in the World Baseball Classic. All right. I don't know if you guys caught this at all this weekend, but um, on Twitter, I saw that um, people were commenting about a guy, did everybody know who Jim Bowden is, Bowden, I think maybe yeah. he's, you know, and he's, I think, former Cincinnati Reds general manager who's now an analyst on the MLB network. And um, he was on uh, MLB network radio and he was talking about how the Padres could actually maybe sign Soto and get this deal done. Um, Brown, did you catch up to any of this this weekend? Did you hear any of this? Because I know you and I were going back and forth last week about when is the right time and how much will it cost. Mm -hmm. And somebody who's got, I would call it a bit more of an insider's perspective, uh, had a different opinion than you and me. I thought when I saw the report that this might be one of the few times Scott Boris will let his client sign before he gets to market, I found that that to be scary for me. Because that means that the big bucks are coming for this kid, this man. And if that is even on the table then that means that Scott Boris has already had preliminary conversations with the Padres brass about the, the size of check we're talking here. So we may be bagging up two Brinks trucks. Yeah. Can I play it and then tell you what concerns me too, just about his particular Yeah, all opinion? right. So this is Jim Bowden on MLB Network Radio. And uh, here's what he says about the possibility of the Padres signing Juan Soto. Go ahead and play The it. interesting part about Soto you know, Scott Boris normally won't do a contract. He'll usually take the player to free agency. But he would have a different opinion if he could broke a, break a significant record with Soto. Mm -hmm. And so I could see him and Peter Seiler getting together with a deal because this he may be the one owner and the only owner that would give Scott Boris that record-breaking deal that he would want. He may be the only guy that would go 16 years or 17 years, you know, and, and 450 to 500 million. 
you know, he, he may be the only guy to do it. So if you're Scott, normally you like to get the free agency. But the way Peter Seidler is guaranteeing money with years and dollars and taking everyone into their 40s, if you're Scott, you have to sit there and go, hmm, even if I take him to free agency, does he really beat maybe what I can get here from the Padres? Mm-hmm. Does Peter, is, the, is there a growing sense that Peter Seidler gets bamboozled for deals? Um, that's an interesting question just... because I think the other thing that I, I think I'm hearing and feeling from people out there, um, at least again in social media, is that the Padres have become the bad guys all of a sudden. Which is funny. Yeah, Isn't which that is funny. funny? Isn't that funny? Which like the so Padres, funny. the Padres were the poor broke guys mm-hmm. for, for my entire 20 plus years in San Diego. And now nationally they've turned into kind of the bad guys because how dare they spend this kind of money? I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think that they are he's getting beat on deals. I think that he is just giving a little bit more than what the market is because uh Aaron Judge got a massive deal. The twins finally signed uh, uh Carlos Correa after two other teams was like, yeah, wait, 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 wait. Let me see your leg again. No deal. <laughs> so and and those those are that's a 10 year deal. Uh Judge is a 10 year deal. And so if you're talking about giving a 23 year old guy a 16 year deal, okay, so what? Big see, deal. I, I actually I don't even know if it's I think there's a there's a clause in the in the MLBPA about length of contracts. Mm-hmm. You, every deal gets examined on an individual basis. Seventeen years would obviously be like the longest deal ever, ever. and I think it would have to be approved if to even get that. Far. I would say if you're gonna, I I need to see the year to year number. The well, idea that the balloon number being all of it at one, that's what catches your eye. Yeah, show me the show me the year to year money because that's when I saw the Manny contract. I went, okay, that's not bad. But when you hear it, the whole number, it's like, oh my god! Like I know it all adds up, right? Yeah, you hear 11 years, $350 million, you go, wow, that's a massive, crazy deal. When you break it down and you look at it and you go, but he's only going to get paid this much money for these first few years. And then he gets all the big money later on. Um, Yeah, you, you, it all adds up, but it, and it averages out to, you know, 30 plus million dollars a year. But when you look at it, there seems to be, whether it's for luxury tax reasons or it's for, you know, wiggle room reasons. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, he's already made so much money that he can he can get, he doesn't need that money right now, per se. Um, right. Yeah. It's just interesting to think about, though, that if Scott Boris, the the game's most powerful agent, if he really is thinking, listen, I got this guy to give Xander Bogarts an 11 year deal. I can get anything from this guy. Well, pretty but, much. But, but think about it the other way. Think about it from Peter Seidler's perspective. If you've got uh, Tatis locked up for, is it was it 11 or 14 years? 14. 14 years. And Tatis is about 23 or 24 years old, somewhere in that neighborhood, right? I think they're like the same yeah. age, yeah. So if you've got Tatis locked up till he's 37, and you've got Bogarts locked up till he's 40 or 41, and you've got Manny locked up now until he's 41-ish, if you sign... Soto now, let's just call it just for argument's sake. Let's let's call it a fifteen-year deal. Now you've got mm-hmm. those four guys locked up until they're either 37, 38, 40, 41. So you've got those four guys locked up between now twenty twenty-three and call it twenty thirty-four. Now I don't know about you guys, 
but that's a long ways away, man. A long time, man. And, that's and, a long and the, time. But it do it does give me great it does give me great, you know, excitement to think about having Soto, having those guys here mm-hmm. right now for five years, like while you have the Darvish and the Musgrove deal, to have for sure Soto, Tatis, Machado, Bogarts for sure for that same window. That's super exciting. It like, is am I excited when they're all 38 years old? No, but right. am I excited for the next five years? Yes. Yeah, because because think also, about this. Well, what if, what if, just what if, play this out. What if they sign Soto to a 15-year deal and you've mm-hmm. got those four guys signed until 2030? Whatever. Uh, whatever it is. Like the first five years of this thing, everybody's going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. The the next five years or or maybe even the next, Maybe it's it's years seven through ten. These when these guys are all now Manny's 37, 38, Bogarts is 38. Right. You know? But then you have Soto and Tatis at 30 in their prime. Here's what here's what you here's what the question is gonna be. Right. So that's kind of like it works. why I like it. It works. I like it right. because as Machado and Bogarts are on the way maybe out on a downtrend, Soto and Tatis should be at the top, top, top of their game. They, they should be where Machado and Bogarts are today. Right. Better, yeah. better. At, at best, at best, we could be having this conversation about these guys getting old with three or four World Series in your pocket. So their age won't matter. No one that's, will care. That's like that's like the dream scenario, right? right? No one's going to care. No one's going to care. I mean, yeah, you'll care. But we, I think, right, Browner, you're so spot on. I think if the Angels would have won a World Series or two no one with Albert Pujols, no nobody would, would care. Yeah. Because that's what now you've got what you wanted out of it. So now our guy is going to go out into the sunset in our uniform because that's what we want. Yeah. They de- if Manny delivers two or three World Series titles within the span of this contract, the money won't matter to the fan base and it won't matter to the ownership because they'll be raining money in. And raining something money that we in. never something that we never talk about. The Padres aren't the only team doing this, right? So other teams are going to be in the same position too. You know, the Dodgers have locked up Mookie Betts till he's 40 some years old. Mm-hmm. No one, you know, like the Mets have locked up Lindor till he's 40 years old. Like they already they, got two 40 year old pitchers. I was just so, about to say, like, they just gave two 40 year old pitchers 35 plus million dollars. So 45 idea, plus million dollars. <laughs> the idea that the Padres are doing something that no one's ever seen before financially is, is baseball hasn't done no, they this are. before. No, but, but no, but the Padres are doing something that baseball's never seen before. Well, they're doing but it the, baseball, from a Padre baseball, perspective. Yes. Baseball's doing something that baseball hasn't done before. These contracts are, you know, the Pujols Cano contracts are not they're outliers. Unusual anymore. They're yeah, but they're they're average now. Right. But here's here's why I think the Padres organizationally are getting a lot of hate from people around the country. Because people know the Yankees, that's New York's team. And they know that the Mets have a multi-bazillionaire owner who's now just throwing money around. And they know that the Dodgers have always been, you know, L.A. and big TV deals, et cetera, et cetera. The Padres are coming in like the Pirates or the Rays yeah. or the Reds yep. or the Royals. The Padres are coming in with what has always been advertised as a small market team. So where where people are, and again, I'm I'm not... 100% positive on this. I'm just getting it from social media. There's a vibe out there that the Padres are all of a sudden doing something that they shouldn't be allowed to do, to which Padre fans should be saying to everybody else around the country, screw you. You know? Can I just, oh, can I just, they are. Can I disagree with that to a certain extent? 
Go ahead. When the Mets, when the Mets got a new owner and yep. he started spending crazy amount of money, mm-hmm. that's what was required in the city of New York to compete with a brand like the Yankees have. Mm-hmm. When the Padres organization basically did a turnover and said, hey, either you in or you out financially, and the guys who were not in got out, this is what the next turn was. So now it was essentially like, hey, a new guy is coming in, and now we're going to spend money similar to what the Mets did. The idea that it's just because it's San Diego. If the Cubs were spending like this, no one would say anything. That's my point. If the White Sox was spending, so we're in agreement. Yeah, so, that's my but point. The Padres could be the Padres could be what the Warriors turned into. Yes, you keep winning. Yes. you become a powerhouse. Yes. I mean, listen, yes. the, like the, powerhouses aren't built overnight. No. You have to go out there. The Warriors have been legit for a decade. And what the Warriors right. did is is that they left a crappy old arena in Oakland. Mm-hmm. They built a shiny new arena in downtown San Francisco, and they started to become the team of more of San Francisco and less of Oakland. San Francisco is where the money's at. Oakland is not where the money's at. The mm-hmm. Padres had the ballpark and they had the entertainment venue and they had all the, the ancillary things. They just didn't have a winning product. And so right. I've, I've explained right. it a million times. It doesn't take a business genius to figure this stuff out. And I don't have any inside information. It's just an outsider's perspective. Spend a ton of money on players. Win more than you ever have before. Charge more for tickets. Charge more for beer. Charge more for merch. Charge more for parking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if if your break even was forty million when you had a forty million dollar payroll, now your break even is two fifty when you have a two hundred fifty million dollar payroll, and and they'll probably be profitable. So, the 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 what Peter Seidler has done is he's just decided we can kind of flounder at forty or fifty million, and we can be a third place or fourth place team, and no one's going to get excited. They're still going to come because it's a great family entertainment experience. But if we win, we could actually build something great. And it's not because Peter Seidler all of a sudden has Steve Cohen's money. Peter's rich, and Peter comes from a lot of money, and he comes from old-school money. Peter's got investors who are ultra, ultra crazy wealthy, like he is. And it's not Steve Cohen with his checkbook. It's a whole bunch of people behind Peter. This is why I love these T-shirts, the sustainable T-shirts that you've got on our, our merch shop. Because people around the country don't think it's sustainable. And people here in San Diego are like, I'm not really concerned about sustainability. I'm concerned about winning. I'd like to actually see a championship yeah. before I die here in this town. Which I think, which I think, which I think there will be. I genuinely feel like this team, if they stay healthy, I mean, they got as good of a yeah. chance as anybody hey, in the this, league. Uh, our, our merch shop that you're showing off right now, 10% off. Or no, excuse me, I'm sorry, 20%. 20%. 20. Um, we didn't even know this until we, we checked it out. Um, but... The guys who do the shirts for us, they print them and send them, and their store is having a 20% store-wide sale. So if you were thinking about getting one of those Seidler shirts, 20% off. Get those white Krispies, Browner. All day. You know it. All right, uh, Alex, you mentioned that that maybe there's a new white queso on the Padres. Uh, explain what happened, because I saw your tweet about oh, this. Oh, man. Yeah, so the Padres, they've been doing these these interviews with players. They just ask them the question mm-hmm. of the day as the players walk out of the clubhouse. And they're hilarious. They're really funny. Um, so I believe on Friday night, mm-hmm. I think it was Friday night, the question of the day was, what is your favorite? If you could only eat at one restaurant for the rest of your life, where would you eat? Mm-hmm. This was Ryan Weathers, the Padres' mm-hmm. best pitcher two years ago. Browner's boy. Browner's boy. This was his answer to what, if you could only eat at one restaurant, 
I'm Where back in my house in Florence, Alabama. There's a place called Ro Rosie's Cantina. Best Mexican food I've ever had. <laughs> Rosie's Cantina. Rosie's Cantina. And, and where's it at? Where's he say? Did he say Arkansas? No, no, he didn't say. No, I'm somewhere in the south. So Alabama. I don't, he said Alabama. Though. Best Mexican food I've ever had. Rosie's Cantina. Okay. All right. That's his opinion. Yes. Right. You know. But then. I saw it right away. I think I literally saw the video. I think it said like 30 seconds since posting. So I watched it right away. Mm -hmm. And I was like, did this dude just say? <laughs> and I'll play it again. I was like, because I literally played it like five times. I was like, back in my house in Florence, Alabama, there's a place called Ro Rosie's Cantina. Best Mexican food I've ever had. Oh, he said it. Rosie's, Rosie's Cantina in Florence, Alabama. Best Mexican food he's ever had. Best Mexican food I've ever had. Mm hmm. This guy played for the San Diego Padres for. I know he's been in El Paso for right. Another so good place. Him, to get cut, him some, food. cut him some slack. Right. Cut him some slack. But still, slack. around these parts, we all know what happens when you say it's the best Mexican food ever, and it's not in San Diego, <laughs> especially if you're from <laughs> Alabama or North Carolina. Yeah, and you're dropping the best food ever that it's in Florence, Alabama. I posted this. People went on uh, under the comment section and they're like, oh no. I said, oh no. That's literally my first reaction. Like, oh no. I know what's coming. I know what we did to Will Myers for the entire duration of his contract. Yeah. And I know what's coming Ryan Weathers' way. Right. But somebody smartened up or Ryan Weathers is just smarter than, than Will Myers because immediately, about, I think the next morning or maybe like that night, Ryan Weathers tweets out, people, I apologize. I had a brain fart. <laughs> the camera made me nervous, and I panicked. Okay, uh, let's just call it. But, but let's just call a timeout. Keep the tweet on the on the screen. Uh, I apologize. I had a brain fart. What you had an opinion? This is my best. Hey, they asked me a question. It required immediate answer, and so I said, "Rosie's Cantina." That's the best Mexican food I've ever had. The camera made me nervous, bro. If the camera makes you nervous walking out of your clubhouse at spring training on your way to a, a practice, what should we all think about what's going to happen when the bright lights are on and it's Saturday night and you're playing against the Dodgers? Like, I I feel bad for him because the Rosie's Cantina part was bad, which is cute, bad. And the, mm -hmm. the apology is 10 times worse, way worse. I was nervous because the cameras were on. Bro, you're a major league pitcher. I know you're a young guy. But come on, dude. Really? Yeah. That's bad. Um, I do want to point out that I did my homework. Mm -hmm. Rosie's Cantina in Florence, Alabama. That's what mm -hmm. he said, right? They have a variety of queso options. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> a variety uh... of queso options. So maybe it's just the queso thing. They got chili con queso. They got deluxe blanco. They got deluxe queso, queso blanco. So they got a very a wide variety of queso options. So maybe that's the thing. I don't know. The Padres pictures book. on the menu look really good, as a matter of fact. Hey, I'm coming up. We'll get to some NFL news because uh, the, the story from earlier in the day about Derek Carr signing with New Orleans. We'll get to that coming up. Quick reminder for everybody about our friends at Penske San Diego, PenskeSanDiego.com. If you're looking to buy or lease a new car or even certified pre-owned, just go to the website, PenskeSanDiego.com, P-E-N-S-K-E, PenskeSanDiego.com, 12 local dealerships, nine different brands um, and a website that makes things fast and easy and actually a lot of fun. PenskeSanDiego.com. That's P-E-N-S-K-E, PenskeSanDiego.com. 
Derek Carr to the Saints. Let's get to that story next. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios here in Kaplan and Crew. All right. Hey, everybody. I'm breaking in here at halftime. All right. And I just want to talk about a couple of quick things. Number one, um, you know, Seven Mile Casino is our studio sponsor. Um, but I received this email just recently from um, Sammy's Restaurant and Bar. And here's what they say. We're happy to announce that Sammy's at Seven Mile was named one of the top places to get brunch in South County by San Diego Magazine. We also received the same mention for North County for our new toasted gastro brunch and dinner restaurant in Oceanside. I've not been there yet. Uh, bottom line is, you know, I talk about the brunch all the time and where to get the, br the best brunch in South County. And San Diego Magazine did their annual guide to morning food featuring the best places to get brunch in each part of the county. Sammy's Restaurant and Bar in Seven Mile. Best brunch in South County. Um, not surprised at all. If you've been there, you know. I have. I do. So check them out. Sunday, Saturday, Sunday's the brunch on the weekends at Sammy's at Seven Mile Casino. And then, hey, one other mention for you. I think I haven't looked at these stats because I don't know how to get into them. But I think <laughs> that our uh, our T-shirt with um, with the, the Seidler face and the sustainable, um, I think that's doing really well. Only And my only reason for thinking that is because I, I've gotten some um, – some messages from people with their like checkout and they've been telling me that they've been buying these t-shirts. So look, we're now, um, today is March 6th. We're three weeks or so away from the start of the baseball season. If you're a fan and you love what your hometown team is doing, then dude, go to our website, kaplanandcrew.com and get that shirt, the sustainable shirt. And by the way, who knows what's going to happen here in the next couple of days. We might, we might be talking about Juan Soto and a new contract too. So check out our merch. Go to KaplanandCrew.com. These shirts are dope. Oh, look Everybody at that. Seems, tell me. 20% off for a week. Everything. Wow. Didn't even, we don't even know this shit. Like seriously. Like we just literally log in like you all do. And we find this stuff out ourselves. Because we don't have anything to do with the shop. We don't print the shirts and then have them. You order them. They print them. They ship them to you. We make like $3 a shirt. So it's not a big money-making thing, but it is a big branding thing. Check it out, kaplanandcrew.com, our merch shop. Let's get back to the show. Hey, great friends. What's going on? It's Monday. It's March 6th. This is Kaplan and Crew. We're coming to you from the 7 Mile Casino Studios. 7milecasino.com is the website. You're looking for a great place to play blackjack, poker, table games, or maybe you're looking for a great place to have a nice brunch on the weekends. Sammy's Restaurant and Bar inside Seven Mile Casino, just named by San Diego Magazine, top place for brunch and uh, in South County. So uh, check them out. Lots to do at Seven Mile Casino. All right, so fellas, we've talked about the Padres and the Juan Soto situation. We've talked about San Diego State basketball and winning the Mountain West Conference Championship. We've just barely brushed up on a little UFC from this past Saturday night. We'll get back to that coming up shortly. Um, what we haven't discussed today is the news from early this morning, which was that the New Orleans Saints are signing Derek Carr. And I think a lot of people looked at the Saints as a realistic landing spot for Derek Carr because their head coach, Dennis Allen, was the head coach of the Raiders when Carr was drafted out of Fresno State. By the way, uh, it didn't last very long for Dennis Allen. I want to say that the first year of Carr's career, 
Uh, Allen is the head coach. They fire him. I, I want to say five, six, seven weeks into, into his uh, rookie season. And they hired at the time, Tony Sperano RIP. And you may recall the story way back when, if you're a Raider fan, where Sperano gets the whole team together. This is when they're still in Oakland. By the way, the Oakland airport's right behind them. They're at this crappy old facility. And Sperano digs a hole and takes this old crappy football and throws it in the hole and buries it and says, this is the first half of the season. We're burying it. It's over. So he had this like whole symbolic thing he was trying to do. But it's not like it's not like Dennis Allen and Derek Carr have this long-lasting relationship. It's not as if, if Tom Brady went to play for the Raiders, you'd say, okay, Josh McDaniels, Brady, they won a bunch of Super Bowls together. They know each other, et cetera. This relationship between Dennis Allen and Derek Carr is not the same thing. I wonder if Derek Carr knows something about Aaron Rodgers. You know, is Aaron Rodgers going back to the Packers? Is Aaron Rodgers planning on going to the Jets? It seemed like Derek Carr was, it seemed like he was waiting to find out what, where, you know, Rodgers was going to land. But today, the story, Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints. Um, I'll have the same opinion today that I had before he signed. No matter where Derek Carr goes, he's just a guy. He's just a middle-of-the-road starting quarterback. He's got some nice stats. But I don't think Derek Carr can go to New Orleans and do for the Saints what Matthew Stafford was able to do when he left the Lions and go to the Rams. Matthew Stafford was very fortunate that the Rams team, offensively and defensively, was stacked. All they did was slightly upgrade the quarterback position, and in my opinion, trust their quarterback, something they wouldn't do with Jared Goff. So I'll ask you guys, what do you make of Derek Carr going to the Saints, and what do you expect them to be with Derek Carr as their quarterback? Well, he's he's better than, what, than, than Andy Dalton. He's better than Taysom Hill, and... He can throw as many picks as Jameis Winston, even though Jameis didn't throw that many picks in New Orleans because for whatever reason, Dennis Allen was like, Jameis, you're never going to play for me ever again. So I don't know what happened there. But you're right. I mean, is he going to go in there and revive Michael Thomas's career? No. He's going to no. go in there and, and, and turn the Saints. And I mean, the NFC South stinks. They went 7-10 and 10 last year. Can he go in there and win two more games? Yeah. Can he get him back to the playoffs? If the rest of the NFC South sucks, sure. When I saw... The numbers, four years, 150. I was like, oh, Daniel Jones might get 40 million. Because yeah. this is a $37.5 million contract for Derek Carr, 100 million guaranteed. That's where we're at now. That That is what a middle of the road throws 20 touchdowns, maybe 4,000 yards. That is what the running price is in the NFL now. And that is probably two thirds of the league's problem is that that's the money you're spending on Derek Carr. I'd rather have Daniel Jones, who I drafted. I've seen go from not very good to new coach to much better. I'd rather put my money and my effort into continuing to cultivate Daniel Jones in the organization that drafted him than go spend $100 million in guaranteed money for Derek Carr. Does it matter to you that this isn't the head coach or the staff that drafted him? You know, this is Brian Dayball in year two with Daniel Jones. This isn't the this isn't Dayball five year experiment. This is only his second year. Does that change how you think? 
because if uh, I'm if I'm a if I'm the Jets, if I'm the Panthers, if I'm a a team that needs a quarterback looking for one in the free agency, if I've decided I'm not drafting one because the Saints don't have a first round pick, if I'm not drafting a quarterback in the first round, I would take Derek Carr over Daniel Jones ten out of ten times. Oh, not for me. And the reason for me that I'd rather have Daniel Jones is he's much younger, and he's what he's not much younger. That. What do you want? Well, when Derek you said Carter? stop it, when you when you said stop it, I mean, is okay, it not if that if that's the reason you want Daniel Jones over Derek Carr, then yeah. you're assuming Derek Carr is going to be what another year? He's going to be good, two years. What I'm saying is is that if I had to put my money into Derek Carr or Daniel Jones, I'd rather take the younger guy who seems to be on his way up, rather than the older guy who, in my opinion, has been on his way down. Um. So I'm not saying, listen, by the way, I don't want either of these guys. I don't want Daniel <laughs> Jones as my quarterback, and I don't right. want Derek Carr Dude, as my quarterback. I would I, I would take this kid from Florida who is like the the, the 2023 hype machine and Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson. Woo! He's not going to be good in the NFL, but I would mm. take him over both. I'd take a flyer on that kid over over both those guys. I would, if, if you're on the market and you're choosing between the two, I would definitely take Derek Carr because the one thing I know, I could get stability and consistency. Brian Dabo's offense through the first year was very good for Daniel Jones. We all know everybody in the NFL gets paid to break down what you saw a new guy do. Can he do that again next year? We will have to find out. Unfortunately for the Giants, it's going to cost him about $40 million to find out that he's yeah. below average as a quarterback. Because once the NFL gets another look at your system, your quarterback didn't have to take your system to another level. He's not that guy. So neither but, is Derek Carr, which is fair. Neither is Derek Carr, but the NFL, you already know that about Derek Carr, so you could prepare better for that. This Daniel Jones thing, man, this this, this is going to hurt the Giants miserably. Well, I would say this, Scott, what have we always – the tumultuous career of Derek Carr with the Raiders, with new head coaches, with new offensive systems, with new schemes, year after year after year. What was How it about like? moving? Moving from Oakland moving. to Vegas. Right. Mm-hmm. There's been absolutely zero consistency for Derek Carr his entire career, right? Mm-hmm. And he's still been able to, you know, throw up stats. Not not one playoff appearance, I believe, so no, or maybe two, no playoff wins. One thing the Saints have at offensive coordinator is stability. That guy's been there for 15 years. Pete Carmich- Pete yeah. Carmichael is right. his name. The head coach and he was there changed. for he was there with Sean Payton. Yes. And, and, he's, and he was he's he was there, there throughout Drew Brees' entire career. Right. And so if the Saints are really gonna give Dennis Allen a shot, you can't fire him no matter what happens this year. You, you gotta you gotta if you're gonna give this kid, which is essentially a three year guaranteed deal. It's not really four, the fourth year is not guaranteed, the first three years are. You gotta give Dennis Allen and this Pete Carmichael guy. You gotta give them the chance to just put dig their toes in the sand and let them work with Derek Carr. Tell me the the details again of the Derek Carr deal because I you know I, I saw early this morning the headline: Derek Carr signs with the New Orleans Saints. But you've dug deeper, yeah, into it's, the actual contract. So itself. it's it's been it's reported four years, one fifty, a hundred million in total guarantees. I mean, um, think about that. You're giving yeah. Derek Carr, who's got to be, I'm just taking a guess here. He's got to be 30 something, 30, 31 ish. You're giving him a guaranteed $100 million deal. Think about the He's desperation. About to be 32 this month. Yeah. Think about the desperation that you have as the Saints in the post Drew Brees era, in the post Sean Payton era. You're so desperate 
that you're willing to risk $100 million of guaranteed money on Derek Carr, which by the way, maybe it just sounds like a lot of money to me. And maybe to your point, Alex, maybe that's just, that's the NFL. That $100 million guaranteed is only $25 million a year, yeah. which which is you're paying a middle of the road quarterback. Yeah, I think, so the way it works is, the signing bonus of twenty eight point five million, and Damn. his base salary is one point five million. So that's about thirty million, right? Twenty twenty four base salary thirty million, fully guaranteed. So those first two years, fully guaranteed thirty million every year. In mm -hmm. twenty twenty five, it's forty million as long as he's not injured before spring. That's guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And in twenty twenty six, it's a fifty million non guaranteed base salary. All right, so, so he's gone then. Yeah, pretty much. Unless he's, <laughs> unless, unless he's good. Uh... Unless he's good. So <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the problem, though, and we've talked about this at nauseum, I think. Not really at nauseum, but we've talked about this a lot, is that just there's two-thirds of the NFL don't have a reliable quarterback, and they're so hard to come by that when you look at a guy that's, like, average, you're like, yeah, let's go. You know, let's go, and let's give him money, and let's let's get him in here, and let's go. I mean... I I think it's the same problem, Browner, you and I railed against this a couple of years ago. It's the same problem the Cowboys had. You know, they they drafted Dak... He replaced Tony Romo. Yeah. They've been they've been good, but not championship good. Yeah. And he was coming off this big injury. And the question was, do we stick with what we know mm -hmm. or do we go and start over at this position? And I think teams today are more likely to be willing to go with what they know rather than to take the risk on something that's completely brand new, unless they're in total desperation mode. Yeah. It's fascinating, man. I really, I'm so curious to see what Daniel Jones will get. I'm so curious because, you know, you talk about who would you rather have, Scott. You said you'd rather have Daniel Jones. I'd rather have Brian Dayball. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Like going That's forward, is, like is going forward, do I trust? Do I trust Pete Carmichael and Dennis Allen, or do I trust Brian Dayball more? I probably trust Brian Dayball more, seeing what he did with Josh Allen and mm -hmm. seeing him at least squeeze out the best Daniel Jones version there was. So far. And and so, so and by the way, I think that Josh Allen uh took a step back this year. Yep. Turnover in terms of returns. turning the ball over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I think that you could look at Brian Dayball and say, well, when he was in Buffalo, Josh Allen was this. When Dayball left, Josh Allen was that. And Daniel when, Jones became this. Right. And so I, I I would rather put my trust into the player I know, Daniel Jones, and the coach that I think can help him continue yeah. to improve. I I do wonder who's – I think the GM and the organization is winning that argument because I truly wonder if Brian Dayball would rather not just go and try and draft someone and mold him himself because there's yeah. so many dudes in this draft. You know, you're, they're talking about Bryce Young dropping. you imagine Bryce Young dropping to the Giants? You, or, mm. or this Slovis kid from Kentucky who can throw the ball 90 yards? Or is that this, his name Slovis? Is it is Levis. Yeah, Sorry. Slovis is the guy Slovis who now is, is transferred from yeah. USC to Pitt to now BYU. Ah! White guy with a last name Viss. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think I don't. I don't think Bryce Young drops past two. So when you say drop, drop in in what context? I just think that there's. He was wearing time... heels at the combine, dude. <laughs> right, he, was, a, like, he was wearing platform tall. shoes, my friend. Bro, he is little. He is He's little. Very little. Everybody, but here's the thing: everyone knew he was little before all of this even started. Yeah. They knew he was little. This yeah. wasn't news to anybody. I guess seeing how little he was up close yeah. was probably terrifying it's, for some isn't people. Isn't it fascinating, too, that like you have three years of tape of how good Bryce Young is? How great he oh, is, he's yes. like, great. Heisman, like, he is so good. He's a playmaker. Mm -hmm. He's not like a Mac Jones where he was a product of the guys around him. Like, Correct. this dude is a playmaker. 
And it's the combine week, and all of a sudden, this Florida kid who had terrible stats in Florida and didn't win anything, now he's like completion ratio. Now he's like the thing. Like he yeah. is a mixture of Cam Newton and Michael Vick, and he's going to be amazing. And you're just like, I don't but know, listen, man. The, the precedent <laughs> has been set, though. Now, when you look at guys like Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. and by the way, not a great NFL quarterback, a, a, a playmaker, but a, a guy who's clearly got some issues related to Personal. professionalism. Okay, so you got Kyler Murray. You had Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. You've had Russell Wilson. Johnny you've Manziel. had Drew Brees. I mean, you, you've had all these guys that are no longer the prototypical NFL quarterback. The, the prototypical NFL quarterback was a six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound white guy, Justin Herbert, who couldn't move. Well, but you see now, Justin Herbert is a new guy. Justin Herbert is the six foot five, two hundred and twenty pound playmaker with his feet guy mm-hmm. and his arm guy. So the old school guy. The, the Dan Marino, the Jim hey, Kelly, that whole era of, of that, that is over now. Mm-hmm. I don't, me personally, I don't care that he's 5'10. Can he make plays? Right. Look, man, I care. I care that he's 5'10 because how much frame, how much weight can you put on that frame? Like Kyler Murray already had a strong lower body. This guy just seems to be thin. Yeah. Hey, and skinny. When you got 300 yeah. pound guys, Russ is right. You got 300-pound guys repeatedly falling on you. Look at Tua. He just gets thrown down hard, and he's out. And like, he's thick. And, right. His brain ain't, but his body is. So it, What about Lamar? A, Lamar's pretty thin, and he gets hurt a lot, too. He does. He does. It's true. And he's, and he's fast good. as lightning. And yeah. he's great, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. it's a fascinating summer, man. I mean, it's a fascinating offseason for the NFL because, yeah. I mean, the resolution is going to come down tomorrow for Lamar. The deadline is tomorrow if you're going to franchise mm. or not. He's getting franchised. Got it. But is it non-exclusive? No, nah, they're not crazy. They're not crazy. Because you imagine that, like, let's just say they know they're not going to get his number. Let's just, like, the Ravens know whether they're going to do it or not. And they're just, let's just say they're not going to get to 250 guaranteed. Why not do non-exclusive and let some, let the Jets come after him and let the Jets throw three round, three first rounders at you? Everybody says, it's, everybody says it's the commanders now. Sure, whoever. I, I'm well, just right. throwing an example. Like now, you got Eric Bieniemy, and Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator with the Commanders. Goes, hey, you know what? I'll turn him into Patrick Mahomes. I don't think if, it's crazy to do non-exclusive Browner because if you know you're not going to get to his number, then why not? If I if I were my if I were uh, uh, Baltimore, I would listen. I would listen. Like, look, man, we love you. You were the MVP. Yeah. But our organization, we just we don't we we're not the Browns. We don't want to do that. We don't think that's smart. Have they not been negotiating? Have they not known his number for two years? They've known the entire time, and they're not going to get to it. They're just and they're not and they're not dealing with his agent. They're dealing with his mom. Mm -hmm. It's and whatever lawyer the NFLPA gave him. Yeah, Yeah, it's just a. All right, let's do this. Um, let let's just uh, because we're running out of uh, time here. And uh, in this segment, and I want to uh, I want to make sure we get to our highlight of the day presented by Tori Holistics. Grande, are you ready for this? Yes, sir. I think I was. Let's do it. Wait a second. Maybe oh, you're not. Is. It's time for the <laughs> highlight of the day, man. You want it. to get high, man? I'm just really high. Slam dank. Promo code for March. Slam dank. Used it twice already, by the way. Story in California, look, spend 75 bucks and you will get 20% off your purchase with the promo code Slam Dank online or in person. Slam Dank. This I know weekend. I got to go to Tori Holistics because, uh, you know, I hate to admit this, but uh, I got kids home from college, you know, and they're, I guess I'm trying to figure out maybe I shouldn't be afraid to admit it. You know, they don't, they're not drinkers, you know, and, and they're, they're college 20, kids and they're 21. Yeah. So it's very legal and very much 
You're good. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, this weekend, UFC 285. I'm going to start off with my girl, Alexa Grasso, as the highlight of the day because she, out of nowhere, choked out Valentina Shevchenko. She is now the women's I bl- flyweight champion. Yeah, I think so. Flyweight champion. Flyweight, yeah. But why is it my highlight of the day? Was because at this very moment, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The UFC has three Mexican champions. Shout out to the Mexican fighters in the UFC. Mexicans have been incredible boxers forever. And now they've really kind of stepped into this MMA game. Brandon Moreno, champion. Yair Rodriguez, champion. Now Alexa Grasso, champion. And by the way, she was losing that fight. And that think i don't know what shevchenko was doing attempting a spinning back kick at such a close range but she pounced on her back man and she did not let go of that neck it was amazing the way she jumped on her back took her down and choked her out was Mm -hmm. it was amazing right you know because it didn't seem to be her style she seemed to be more of a stand-up boxer type and she just she just jumped on her and shevchenko was taking her down at ease she was timed it out perfectly she grasso was looked like she was getting incredibly frustrated because Mm -hmm. her timing was just not there that's my highlight of the day, but I would think if you watched the UFC, you cared more about what John Jones did, and John Jones ended up beating Surreal Gan. I've said this last name wrong for about two weeks now, but I guess yeah. the broadcast was saying Gan, and he choked them out in two minutes and 30 seconds of the first round. John Jones, still undefeated in his career, now heavyweight champion of the UFC. He looked that at ease he took this dude down at yeah. ease he took let, this let me dude tell you down. something I'm, I'm make a quick comparison here when i was when i was a kid um i was a huge mike tyson fan mike tyson fought michael spinks oh boy um, michael spinks got into that ring <laughs> and needed to change his underpants before that fight even started <laughs> mike tyson swung at michael spinks and barely barely touched him and that fight Crazy. was over cuz michael spinks was scared out of his mind when these two guys got into the middle of the ring for the pre-fight, um, you know, uh, message from the referee. The ref said something like, you know, tap gloves and come out and ready to fight. The guy, Cyril gone. He kind of like tapped John Jones in the chest. Yeah, it, it, it was, it, it caught my eye. It was a gesture to me. I said, I swear to you. I said this to my son. I go, this guy's dead meat. He said, why <laughs> do you say that? I said, he just sort of touched John Jones in a kind of a loving kind of, like an I'm scared kind of way, like don't kill me kind of way. And it was just a gesture that I saw. I don't know that I'm right or wrong, but he put up no fight. In fact, he got choked out. Most of these guys who get choked out, it takes them forever. The girl who got choked out, um, her face was so red. Her head was so red. They actually showed, right, yeah. they showed her <laughs> chin was like white. Like yeah. she fought till the end. This guy Cyril Gom was like, okay, you're gonna beat me anyway. I've seen a lot of react. I seen a lot of reactions of UFC fighters watching that, and they were like, oh, he's it's not locked in, it's not locked in. But there was one angle where his neck was like, like yes, right, like it, it was cranked, it was With cranked, his, and his head was down. His and I think that's a different than getting choked out. This thing looked Correct. like it was about to snap his spine uh, down, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not in the ring, and uh, and I'm no expert in mixed martial yeah. arts, but I guess as a fan and as somebody who paid the eighty dollars for the fight card, yeah, great card. Really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Just found that that me. version of John Jones, this dedicated, that is a scary dude. Nobody's yeah. gonna beat that. Well, Steve let's, let's continue. Good that. luck, my friend. Yeah, let, let's continue that. Hey, we're coming right back with so much more on radio, but we're gonna go uncensored for podcasts. Stick around, everybody. This is Kaplan and Crew from the Seven Mile Casino Studios.
All right. For those of you that are with us on YouTube and with us on audio podcast, uh, the radio show, the first, you know, the way we just do those four segments and then we break it up for radio, that'll rerun. That'll go from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. and you don't give a shit anyway. But for those of us that are all here still together, now we get to the uncensored portion of today's show. Um, didn't get a chance to talk about Chris Rock during the uh, what I'll call the radio portion. Did you guys watch this Chris Rock special on Netflix I, on Saturday? I did. I, did you I, watch it I, live or did they already have it like so you can just go no, back and watch I, it now? I was at a birthday party, so I ended up uh, catching it when it was over. And yeah. I knew both of you guys were going to watch it. So I, I, I got home last night and I, I turned it on last night, finished it this morning. Yeah, I, um, I watched it live and I, I even watched like I had two TVs set up. I had the one that I've got on wheels over here with Chris Rock. And then I've got the fight on the on the TV that's mounted on the wall. And I watched the pre-show with Arsenio Hall and a bunch of other comics. And I even watched Kareem. the post-show. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on the post-show oh, with, post um, it was Kareem, it was J.B. Smoove, it was Dana Carvey. Um, oh, gosh. Leslie uh, Jones? No, no, not Leslie Jones. She was on the pre-show. Um, <laughs> I just saw a picture. I don't know what it was. And, and I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember. Oh, David Spade. So imagine this. David Spade and Dana Carvey with J.B. Smoove, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and um, uh, Arsenio Hall, and there was a female comic, I don't know who she is, uh, African-American woman. So you put these two white guys who are both close with Chris Rock in the middle of four black people, three comics, one activist, if you will. And the two of them, Dana Carvey and freaking David Spade, were so uncomfortable. <laughs> They're not talk show hosts. There are white guy comics who are old school friends with, with rock from their SNL days. And, and they're in the middle of this, this group. And it was like, this is, these are the two wrong dudes to be hosting this right now. What, what Chris rock did to Will Smith was so brilliant. I thought he could have very easily responded after the slap happened a year ago. He never did. Like, even when he was doing live performances around the country, nobody could bring their phones into them so that even if he talked about this stuff in, in months past, none of us have ever heard this material before. Nobody ever leaked it on Twitter. I thought, Brown, I can't wait to hear what you think. I thought what Chris Rock did was so brilliant because he explained the story of Will Smith. Everybody's calling Will Smith a bitch. They're calling him a bitch because his wife was fucking the son's friend and then interviewing Will Smith about it. He actually, Chris Rock had a line like, I sucked his dick. How's that make you feel? <laughs> I was like, this is unbelievable. So what Chris did was, is he said, everybody calls him a bitch, but I'm the little bitch that got smacked on stage because Will Smith's this big guy. He even said something like, Will Smith takes his shirt off in movies because he's built, he's big. He goes, you'll never see me with my shirt off in a movie. They'll be doing open heart surgery on me and I'll be wearing a sweater. So Chris did such a great job of making himself look like the bitch while calling Will Smith the bitch. What'd you think, Brown? I, <clears throat> I've never seen one celebrity publicly take the gloves off and just go after another one of that magnitude. So that alone like, made you perk up. But I thought what he did was surgical. That was genius. Because everything he said was true. 
None of it was made up. None of it was really even exaggerated. He basically called Will Smith the bitch that everybody else was out here calling him because of what Jada Pickett Smith did to him publicly. Like, he, like no one, who the fuck would do that? Like, why would you drag each other down like that? Like, it never made sense. And so for a comedian as famous as Chris Rock to pretty much take Will Smith to task, uh, one of the most famous actors to ever act, that public was fucking awesome. It was brilliant. And Will Smith deserved it. Now I hope they can both go on their separate ways. Because one of the parts that made me laugh the hardest when you said, you're talking about Jada Pickett Smith, said, that bitch started with me. I I fell out after that. Like, because... It was true. It's true. He tells jokes, man. He tells jokes. And this shit got way out of hand. And so I I loved it. I even loved it before he even got to that. I thought it was very well done. I thought it was well paced. It looked like he was a little nervous at first. Like it took him a, a second to kind of get his rhythm. But when he got his rhythm, he was classic Chris Rock, man. Yeah. yeah. And he, he, he actually at one point in this special said, I screwed that joke up. He actually yeah. did say that. Because yeah. he was talking. He, he made a joke about Will Smith's current movie. And not Will Smith's past movie that he was in reference to. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought the whole. I, I, one thing I will say that Chris Rock I think tried to do here that I I don't know that he's ever been so blatant about. I felt like he was intentionally trying to shock us. Yes, like yes. he had this whole thing about abortion, and he brought yeah. it home. But at the beginning, it was so cringy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but he did. I think he eventually. Mar walked in home. at that point. Mm-hmm. She wasn't home. And I was watching it, and she walked in at that point, and she's like, "Yeah, you're gonna have to turn this off and watch this later." She did, she was not a fan of that particular portion. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite things that Chris yeah. Rock did in this special, and I know we're talking about it differently than other comedy specials because it was the first live Netflix kind of thing like this. His whole thing about raising spoiled girls—that's what I wanted to talk about. That that was is hilarious. the only thing that stood out to me in this special was that. Because I could not stop thinking about how you're the fucking same way. Ah. I, I did that shit. I did that shit. I just could not stop fucking right. laughing when he right. was like, how spoiled his daughters are. And he was like, I did that shit. <laughs> and he yeah. was so proud of it. Right. And I was like, God, I wanted to text you last night, but I was like, I know we'll talk about it tomorrow. His that whole thing, hilarious. though, about how, how he's become so rich and so famous. And because of that, he has these two black daughters that are in these all white private schools and how his daughter got in trouble with these other girls. And he went behind her back and asked the principal to please kick her out of the school while everybody else was rich and lawyering up. And his ex-wife was forcing him to lawyer up. Chris is telling the story that he went to the principal and said, please kick her out of school. So she learns her lesson. And the way he described it on stage was, they didn't know that until right now. Yeah. <laughs> now, I wonder if that's true. And I think it probably okay. was. But could you imagine you're his daughter and you're listening to this? And, and she's like, he had me kicked out of school intentionally. But he said I, she learned a lesson. Because the, the reason why he tells the story was perfect. That he yeah. had created this life for them. And she had no consequences to her actions. And she was at home with the same white kids laughing when she was supposed to be on some form of punishment or suffering yeah. from some sort. And he I, he said he got so mad, he just got in his car and drove to the school and told the principal, <laughs> kick her out. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she got to go. But the whole, but the, I will just say that, that, that part about abortion really did um, 
it really did. Like there was a part of it where I was like, oh, Chris, this is cringy. And everybody watching is your fan. And we're all probably wondering like how you're going to bring this home. And there was a point in there where I was like, I don't know if he's going to. And he said something like, I am an expert on abortion because I've paid for more abortions than anybody. Right. <laughs> right. You know, he actually had a great line, something to the effect of, ladies, if your man can't pay for an abortion, you then should probably stop. get one. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that and that's a so what I thought was very courageous of that is that was the fearless version of him that wasn't on tambourine. Because tambourine was very like, eh, or trombone. What's tambourine or what, or, what do you mean? What does that mean? That was the other one he did on Netflix. Oh, it's called Tambourine. tambourine or whatever, one of the two. Trombone yeah. or Tambourine, either one. I don't know the name of the 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 fearlessness was gone. That was kind of like a, a cushiony, soft version of Chris Rock. This was him just going as hard as he possibly could at the most well-known social topics that he could make a joke out of. And yeah. I thought he was very successful at that. And I thought he nailed it. He he kept a pace. He started a pace. And he was jogging, jogging, jogging. And at the end, he Usain Bolt sprinted that thing. Yeah. And it and it was perfect, man. It was, there was no need to say anything else after the Will Smith jokes. I Honestly, love... he could have said anything about Will Smith. People would have loved it. Yeah. I'm not but... trying to be a hater, but true, I was like, true. oh, well, he called him a bitch. Really right. true. Yeah, no, but I, mean? I think like, we he could have all... said he could have said anything about Will Smith and people would have loved it. But we waited True. the entire special for him to get to Will Smith. My son kept saying to me, when's he going to talk about Will Smith? When's he going to? He's going to get there. One thing I really also loved is because, again, not only have I like overly spoiled my kids um, and I don't have Chris Rock's kind of cash. It's just, it's just more of an attitude than it is just money. Um, but I think uh, one other thing I really loved was he talked about his ex-wife, but he also talked about new women. You know, he talked yeah. about how tonight I'm on TV. Everybody's watching. I'm making a shit ton of money. You know, I can get all kinds of pussy tonight, you know, and I just thought it was so funny the way he acknowledged like his real life, you know, yeah. and, and things that many of us have already gone through. I can you lick know? your ass, but I ain't holding your hand. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> he goes, right. Yeah, I can tell you, uh, I can go. There are lots of girls whose asses I've licked. But only a couple whose hands I've held. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was great. It was great, man. It was yeah, good. It was good. I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it. A lot of people didn't like it because I think they stopped listening. At, they tuned out after the, the whole abortion part. It was yeah. the abortion, the trans part. It's just the, like, like I, I, it's such a it's such a topic for comedians that they always talk about these. Like Chappelle, I remember the trans. He's obsessed part. with talking about trans. People. The trans part was short. It was short. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. He it, wasn't battling the trans community it was just a part of the it was a part of one of the yeah. jokes i guess i will say like I, I i don't love comedy specials on tv i don't ever think they're all that funny ever but i do think he started off great and then it just dipped so hardcore in the middle and then he brought it kind of back around mm -hmm. but i do think people dipped in the middle yes i think a lot of people tapped out in the i don't middle. think a lot like when when mar was like let's turn it off like let's watch something else like i think a lot of people did that and we're just mm -hmm. never got to the will smith stuff oh really yeah. yeah, I mean, it was only an hour and 10 minutes. So, I mean, I, like I said, I had the fight on over here and I had the Chris Rock special on over here. I had the volume up on Chris Rock, the volume down on the UFC. And then when the Chris Rock special was over, turned it off, just watched the fights. Well, it was a great night, man. Like I said at the beginning of today's show, lovingly, I would love it if my girlfriend would go on more ladies trips. <laughs> I mean, I, I love this woman and I love being with her. But man, this weekend was awesome. Really okay. awesome. Chris Rock, Chris Rock loves being single.
Yeah. yeah. I'd love to hang out ass. with Chris Rock. Take those scraps. You know? All right. Leftovers. Oh. Yeah. Okay, All right. Let's uh, let's rock out of here to everybody who's watching right now and everybody who's still listening. We appreciate you guys big time. Um, I was concerned. I, I think I've got a, a freaking ear infection, dude. I can't figure it out. My ear hurts. My throat hurts. And I uh, I don't know, man. I feel like I'm kind of losing my voice a little bit. Short so, week. Yeah, we are. We are going to be on a short week because uh, Alex is going up to the um, Mount West Conference Tournament and uh, we won't be on the air on Thursday, Friday. So, Can I ask uh, one question before we go? Yeah. At this moment, no. At I believe I got to double check, but at this moment, the Lakers mm-hmm. are tied with the Jazz for the ten seed. Okay. But with a tiebreaker, I believe the Jazz are the ten seed, and the Lakers are yeah. Do the, the Jazz, Jazz are trying to lose? So right, right, right. Be okay. But my question being is, tomorrow, mm-hmm. do I have to watch? If they're tied for 10th, yes, because that's the rule. Yeah. Um, the Lakers, that was a big win yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was a really big win. I mean, if you beat the Grizzlies and they don't have John Morant, which, by the way, they've not had him for a long time like last year, and they won a ton of games without him. Right. But if you're the Lakers, and um, you're right, oh, they are you, tied with Utah at 31-34. If the Pelicans lose to the Kings tonight, which is very possible in Sacramento, yep. mm-hmm. the Lakers are tied for ninth. Yeah. So I think I have to watch tomorrow. You back. And the Lakers, the Lakers tomorrow night, uh, playing against Memphis again, without John Morant, without the story. We didn't get to talk to talk about today. Yeah. I know. I I saw somebody put a, uh, (laughs) I saw somebody put a video on, um, on, on Instagram where they had the eight mile thing was hilarious. He's from Cranbrook. That's a private school. I didn't a, listen, man. That this guy a, thinks he's a gangster. His real name is Clarence. His real name is Demetrius. Yeah, and his and Clarence got it. His parents got a real good marriage. Yeah, John Morant is a pussy. Oh his wow! Father, and his father is a pussy too. You are gonna get threatened. Listen, I listen. I don't give a fuck. This is what this portion of the show is for. John Morant is a fucking coward. His father's a coward. There's no way that your father. Your father's not supposed to be your your fucking friend. He's supposed to. He's LeVar Ball. It would never let this happen to his kids. And we gave LeVar Ball a ton of shit for putting his kids first and making sure they got drafted. Now, both of them motherfuckers are out for a year because they could barely fucking walk. <laughs> this motherfucker, T. Morant, is a oh. coward as a father because you let your fucking son go out here like he's some kind of fucking gangbanger. And you motherfuckers have never lived that life ever. And you out here letting your son fucking perpetrate this life. And you send your dumb ass in the front fucking row at every fucking game and on every fucking team flight with them fucking sunglasses on and in a fucking indoor stadium, you goddamn moron. Get a hold of your fucking son, dude. Get a hold of your son. He has had generational wealth in his in, in his goddamn hands. And you as a shitty father, because you want to go to the goddamn club, take off your fucking sunglasses. Wait, was he was and the dad with son. him? Was the dad with him in the club? His dad is always around. At the nightclub? Oh. Yeah, I didn't. Hey, don't be such a boomer, Alex. <laughs> don't be such a boomer. All right, let's get out of here. We'll, we're back tomorrow. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>